0: From the Revelation of Jesus Christ, we read these words, And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon with seven heads and ten horns, and on its head seven diadems. The red dragon is one of Satan's many names found in the Bible. He is not red because of medieval references to the devil's red suit, horns, and pitchfork. No, he is red because death and bloodshed result from his murderous ways. John also sees the dragon poised to kill and destroy a male child born to a mysterious woman clothed with the sun. This is a picture of the devil's long-standing anti-Semitism. He hates Israel to the core of his diabolic being. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now.
1: Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm Brian Davis, thanks for stopping by and in the first several chapters of Revelation, the apostle John vividly describes the famine, pestilence and death that'll be poured out on earth in the last days. Today, Ron turns his attention upwards to Revelation chapter 12 and to a war that will one day be waged in heaven itself. The series is called Mysteries of the Apocalypse, The Last Days of Planet Earth, and the Return of Jesus Christ. And it continues next, right here on Something Good Radio. Stay with us now or visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen to the broadcast on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, check out Something Good Television, Something Good Courses, Something Good Travel, and the new Something Good Digital Library, where you can search for biblical answers to your questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. From Revelation chapter 12, here's Ron with today's Something Good radio message, War in Heaven. Well, let's
0: start with a little exercise this morning, a game of opposites. I'm gonna say a word and then I want you to write down the opposite, all right? So get out your notes. Get out a little uh, uh, pen or a pencil or something to write with there. Here are some words, just simple words you write down the opposite. Number one, before. Okay, just write it down. It's not a responsive game. You write it down, then we're going to score it later, okay? Let's try this again. Before. Number two is black men, day, and good. Now, just take a moment, write it down, see how you're going to do here in a moment. Score yourself, don't look at your neighbor's score here, don't, don't be peeking for answers. All right, here are the answers. Before The opposite is what, after, black, men, day, good, okay, bad or evil, we'll give you credit for either one of those. All right, here's a sixth one I'm going to give to you. Are you ready for this? And this one trumps all the others. You get this one right, you get 100% on the, on the test here this morning. You get it wrong, you get everything wrong. The Word is God. I thought you would say that. I thought you would say the opposite of God is the devil. If you did, you got to mark it wrong. Because God has no opposite. The devil is not the opposite of God, because God is in a category all unto himself, is he not? Uh, The devil is not the opposite of God. The devil is not all-powerful. He's not all-knowing. He's not everywhere at all times, right? He's not omnipotent. He's not omniscient. He's not omnipresent. No, the devil is, is limited in his power and in his knowledge, and in his presence. That's why he's not the opposite of God. God is all-powerful. He's omnipotent. He's all-knowing. He's omniscient. He is uh, omnipresent, we say. He is everywhere at all times. He has no opposite. The devil is a created being, once created as an angel, a beautiful angel named Lucifer, the Bible tells us. God is not a created being. He exists eternally. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God, the psalmist says. So so God, in every category we could possibly imagine, God has no opposite. Now why is that important for us to understand? Why start there with this little exercise this morning? Because that's important theology to understand as we dive into Revelation chapter 12 And in Revelation chapter 12, John sees in this vision a great sign, actually two great signs. He sees a great red dragon who pours out great wrath upon this earth, and he sees a great eagle that helps a woman take flight and escape the wrath of the great red dragon, And John also sees, if you can imagine this, if you can factor this into your theology this morning, he sees war breaking out in, of all places, heaven. War between the the good angels of heaven and the bad angels of hell. War, as it were, between God and not his opposite, the devil, uh, but his nemesis, this fallen angel known as Satan or the devil. War breaks out in heaven, and John gives us a picture of that. we got to have our theology right when it comes to uh, our understanding of who God is and how he operates in this world, and and even as it relates to Satan, the devil, the demons, and all of that. So with that in mind, let's dive into these uh, first six or seven verses. Where John sees two great signs. He says in verse 1, "...and a great sign appeared in heaven." And then a little bit later, "...another sign appeared in heaven." Now, this is going to thrust us into the role of Bible interpreters because the two signs have to do with a woman and a great red dragon." And the question is, do we take this literally in the sense that he's talking about a real, you know, human, physical woman, a female, and what's all this business about a dragon? Well, fortunately, John John calls these two signs, great signs, which helps us interpret this. Uh, it, It helps us understand that he's talking about this woman and a great red dragon being symbolic of something else. So as good Bible students and interpreters, we have to figure out, Uh, What is the woman, this great sign, and this great sign of a great red dragon? What are they symbols of? Who are they? What are they doing? And why are they significant in John's vision? Well, let's start with the great woman. Uh, John says in uh, in verse 1, "...a a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars." Now, you can imagine in 2,000 years of church history how Bible interpreters have been all over the map as to who this woman is. The Catholic Church immediately runs to Mary, the mother of Jesus. They say this is Mary, this woman who has this clothing of sun, the moon under her feet, and a crown of 12 stars. In fact, in 1678, an Italian artist named Murillo painted a portrait of of this great woman in Revelation chapter 12 and called it the mystery of the immaculate conception. I mean, even the artist Murillo said, hey, th- this has got to be Mary. If there's any woman that Revelation 12 is speaking of, it's got to be Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, the problem is you would have Mary giving birth to her male child Jesus in heaven, not on earth. So, it's, it's, it's really hard to press this into the Mariology of Catholic theology. Uh, Others have said, no, this this is the church. This must be a a symbol of the church in some way. Uh, But here you have the church giving birth to Jesus, the male child mentioned here, and actually that's the other way around. Jesus gives birth to the church, so we can't really press the church into this. Uh, The Christian scientists believe that this is Mary Baker Eddy, the founder of the Christian scientist movement. And that's a huge stretch. I mean, where did they ever come up with that? Well, I guess because Mary Baker Eddy's a woman and she was the founder of the Christians. Then this must be Mary Baker Eddy, right? No, that's just craziness. That's silliness. Uh, that's what gives um, some Bible interpretation with regard to Bible prophecy, a bad name and a silly name and all that. Now, here's where, where the Bible itself becomes its best own interpreter. And one principle of A hermeneutics, we call it, or Bible interpretation is to let the Bible interpret itself. And so when John says that a great sign appeared in heaven, this woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars, this should remind us of Genesis chapter 37 and the story of Joseph. Remember Joseph in the Old Testament? Joseph was a young boy, a teenager, and he had a dream. He had a dream about the sun and the moon and 11 stars that bowed down to him. And when Joseph told the story of the sun and the moon and the 11 stars that bowed down to him, when he told that story to his family, well, his father Jacob rebuked him. And his 11 brothers uh, eventually grew jealous and sold him into slavery because uh, they, they thought that he was saying that one day they would all be subservient to him his father, his mother, and his 11 brothers. And you know the story of Joseph, a story of hard knocks. He was sold into slavery. He made his way to Egypt. Uh, He had a really, really tough time of all that, but he, he rose to power in Egypt, became the prime minister of Egypt. And when hard times fell on Egypt... It was Joseph who had the plan, seven years of storing up grain for the seven years of famine that would come. And when the famine came, the entire world came to Egypt. And the dream that Joseph had became a reality because his father and his mother and his 11 brothers showed up in Egypt one day subservient to him. They had to get food from him. This is what's in view when John says a great sign appeared in heaven. It makes us think of Genesis chapter 37. The Bible interprets itself here, and so it should very easily fall into place that the woman here is symbolic of the nation of Israel because Joseph and his 11 brothers became the 12 tribes of Israel. Remember Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, 12 tribes of Israel. And it shouldn't surprise us, it shouldn't be difficult for us to see this woman as Israel and to see, once again, Israel's uh, centrality, the, uh, the central role that Israel plays in Bible prophecy. God still has a plan for his chosen people, Israel. And that plan shows up again in Revelation chapter 12, where a great sign appears in heaven. This woman, this woman clothed in the sun the moon, and a crown of 12 stars around her head. And John goes on to say she was pregnant and was crying out in birth pangs and the agony of giving birth. Um, Later on, she gave birth to a male child, verse 5, one who is to rule all the nations with the rod of iron, but her child was caught up to God and to His throne. Obviously, the male child here and the child with whom she is pregnant is the Messiah. Uh, Messiah came through the nation of Israel, and this is all pictured here in the vision.
1: Up next, the second half of Dr. Ron Jones' message, War in Heaven. If you're listening to Something Good Radio for the first time, we'd like to send you a free chapter of Ron's most popular book, Mysteries of the Afterlife. Consider it our way of saying thanks for being part of our radio listening family. Stop by our new and improved website, somethinggoodradio.org, and click the I'm New icon right at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, share your prayer request with us by clicking on Explore at the top of the homepage and then scrolling down to the How Can We Pray For You option. Our ministry team will be happy to join you in prayer, so contact us anytime. Revelation chapter 12 speaks of a woman and a great red dragon. Find out who they are and what they represent in the rest of today's Something Good radio message, War in Heaven. Once again, here's Dr. Ron Jones.
0: Well, of the two signs that John mentions here, this this is the more difficult one. The, the next one is the sign of a great red dragon, and there's really no argument about who this is symbolic of. It's symbolic of the devil himself. In fact, if you read on a little bit further in Revelation chapter 12 and verse 9, it says, and the great dragon was thrown down, that ancient serpent who is called the devil and Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. So again, here, the Bible interprets itself. We don't have to get off on some you know, crazy edge here at trying to you know, figure out what the symbols mean here. The book of Revelation really isn't as difficult as many people make it out to be when you let the Bible interpret it's itself and, and not some, some crazy idea that we might have here. Now, he's called the great red dragon. And he's not red because of some medieval reference to the devil wearing a red suit with horns on his head and a pitchfork in his hand. No, the redness of the, of the dragon here is a reference Uh, to his his murderous ways. Uh, Satan, the the devil, is a a liar and a murderer from the beginning, Jesus said. And we've seen much, much bloodshed already in the book of Revelation, uh, sourced in the devil himself and in his chief architect during the tribulation, known as the Antichrist. And it's interesting here, too, that John says, another sign appeared in heaven, verse 3, a great red dragon... Now listen to this, with seven heads and ten horns, and on his heads there were seven crowns or diadems. Uh, Remember the two kinds of crowns in the Bible? The Stephanus was the crown for the athletic victor, the crown crown of victory, and then the diadem was was the crown that the ruler would wear. All right, well, Satan is is pictured here uh, crowning himself as a ruler. Uh, much like Jesus did. But I'm I'm particularly interested in these, these ten horns because the ten horns is referenced many, many times in different places throughout Bible prophecy. In fact, if you read on just in Revelation chapter 13 where we're introduced to the second and third member of the unholy trinity that we called the devil, the antichrist, and the false prophet. In Revelation chapter 13 and verse 1, I saw a beast... Rising out of the sea, this is the Antichrist, with ten horns and seven heads, with ten diadems on his horns and blasphemous names on his head. He's going to look very much like the devil himself. But the devil has ten horns. The Antichrist has ten horns. Uh, This reference to ten horns also takes us back to to the book of Daniel. Uh, Let's go to Daniel chapter 7 for just a moment here. It's always good to keep your place in the book of Daniel as you're studying the book of Revelation. But Daniel chapter 7 and beginning in verse 7 is is really the first time we have a reference to this ten-horned beast in the book of Revelation. Verse 7, Daniel says, After this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in broken pieces and s- stamped what was left with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up from among them another horn, a little one, a little horn, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things." One of the other names given to the Antichrist is the little horn, the little horn of Daniel. Uh, Verse 24, as for the ten horns out of this kingdom, ten kings shall arise and another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the former ones and he shall put down the three kings. Now follow me here. Many Bible prophecy scholars point to Daniel chapter 7 and the reference to the ten horns as the future revival of the Roman Empire that will rise up again uh, during the tribulation period, a ten-nation confederacy, and out of which one more horn, a little horn, will gain power by putting down three three of the kings or the horns. In other words, many picture the Antichrist gaining power through a ten-nation confederacy, which is the revived Roman Empire, and he initially gains power by seizing control of three of the nations, probably the weakest of the ten. And this has made many Bible scholars throughout the years scratch their heads and say, you know, who are these nations, and and where are they, the revived Roman Empire, and and so, so forth. And about 40 years ago, when the European Common Market formed, many Bible scholars pointed to that and say, here we go. Here's the revival of the Roman Empire. All of these great nations and great lands that used to be part of the Roman Empire are coming together again in this thing called the European Common Market, which later was called the European Union. The problem is the European Union quickly grew to 27 or 28 nations, and it left a lot of the Bible scholars scratching their heads saying, wait a minute, the prophecy says 10 horns or 10 kings or 10 nations... I don't know how the European Union can be that when it's, it's all the way up to 27 or 28 nations. Now, I'm not one to be sensational about the latest headlines in the news and tying it to specific places in Bible prophecy, but I found it extremely interesting that Britain recently voted to exit the European Union. And this has caused a tremendous... Um, Consternation all across the globe. It, it upset the financial markets for a few days, and there's talk of many other nations exiting the European Union. And it just the thought just crossed my mind that perhaps, and I stress perhaps, that this is the beginning of a winnowing down of the European Union from 27 or 28 nations down to 10. I don't know if it's if this is the case. I, I don't know how it's all going to happen. I just know that the prophecies of Daniel and also Revelation chapter 12, 13, and so forth, speak of a ten-nation confederacy.
1: Thanks so much for joining us for Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. And if you missed any part of today's message, War in Heaven, or if you'd like to hear it again, visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen on demand. Again, that's somethinggoodradio.org.
0: Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. If you've been with us for a while, if you're a regular listener and God is using this broadcast in your life, I want to speak directly to you. When you first tuned in or streamed Something Good, did you know that other people paid to air that program? We call them our ministry partners. They have people just like you in mind when they donate monthly to Something Good, which is a 100% listener-supported ministry. Now that you're a regular listener, will you do the same? Will you help us share Something Good with someone else? We created the 828 Club for people who choose to partner with this ministry through prayer and monthly financial support. It's based on Romans 828, which in the message says, Every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. I'm asking you to prayerfully consider joining the 828 Club today by giving $28 or more per month to share something good with someone else. And when you do, we'll send you some resources to help you grow in your relationship with God. It's our way of saying thanks for your partnership in this gospel ministry. So please join the 828 Club today. Here's Brian with all the
1: details. None of us can accomplish God's will without a little help. And today, with your help, Something Good Radio will keep sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ through this media ministry. When you partner with us, we'll send you a free copy of Bron Jones' full-length book, Mysteries of the Afterlife. Exploring its amazing secrets. To join the 828 Club today, please visit our new and improved website, somethinggoodradio.org, and just use the Partners tab right at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org, or you can call us, 757-276-1099. And if you can't become a partner but would like to make a donation to Something Good Radio today. We'd love for you to have the complete audio download of the series that you're hearing now, Mysteries of the Apocalypse, the last days of planet Earth, and the return of Jesus Christ. That's all 20 messages in Ron's teaching series, Mysteries of the Apocalypse. Our gift to you by request for your gift to Something Good Radio. Make a donation online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to PO Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456, and you can call our offices 757 276 1099.
0: So while all this
1: persecution, and this
0: anti-Semitism is pouring out on planet Earth, simultaneously we're given a picture of what's happening in the spiritual realm. War is breaking out in the heavenlies. And and does it it bother you at all that the Bible says war broke out in heaven? I I thought heaven was a perfect place. I thought heaven was a sinless place. I I thought heaven was a place where there wouldn't wouldn't be any wars or rumors of wars. But here we have a picture of what's happening, this cosmic battle uh, that is being played
1: out on planet Earth. But there's a spiritual parallel to this. That's tomorrow in part two of Dr. Ron Jones' message, War in Heaven. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio. I'm Brian Davis. God bless and thanks for listening.